0: time to talk some sports here on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank any and all of you for listening and for downloading on both places. And um, here we are today again. It is April 2nd, 2008. This is episode 8 of Paladino Live. We are going to talk the Minnesota Wild. We are going to also talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. May throw in a teeny chitter-chatter about the uh, Twins and Vikings. Not too much, I'm, I'm sure, because this is pretty much going to be Wolves Wild yet, as they're still the main teams of focus for Paladino Live, because both teams are getting to kind of the, well, both leagues are getting into the playoff hunt. The Timberwolves obviously are not. Um, the Minnesota Wild are very much in the playoff hunt. They are in first place. Uh, with 95 points leading the Colorado Avalanche who have 93 followed by the Calgary Flames at 92 so those are the three teams in the hunt for the Northwest Division championship the Minnesota Wild of course the favorites to win and um yeah well let's not get too far into the Minnesota Wild just yet as there is some stuff to talk about now again we are on the sportstuff.com and we do have a call in line please call in to this number it is 916-912-4263 that is 916-912-4263 this is where we talk we get we interact with you people out there and uh, this is a voicemail so you simply call in and you say which show you are addressing like Russell Shoot Radio or the Crossover or Casey Boom or Paladino Live and I hope you address Paladino Live at some point I'd appreciate it um as we need some callers in here we need some callers in here and yes out there you guys who did post questions on the sportstuff.com on the Paladino Live page I do appreciate it and I will I will address those questions this week I apologize that I blew it last week sorry guys but yeah anyhow please do call the voice line as we Need more interaction from you out there. I know you're out there listening, guys, so come on in and interact with us. We'd appreciate it. It makes the show funner for each and every one of us on here. Now, it looks like there haven't been any new shows added this week, so, um, <laughs> boy, we, this site has been exploding with one new show after another. It's been great. I'm excited. Just got to get some more listeners to this show, dang it, but also more listeners to every show. Every show, we're all in this together. Every single one of us, let's all explode together, baby. And um, ultimately, another place to interact with us podcasters and with just each other out there, you guys out there that like to talk sports. We do have the board, We do have message boards, and uh, right now it looks like the button is up on the upper right corner. It changes once in a while. TSS boards, simply click on that. Uh, do get a screen name. Do sign up. It is 100% free and 100% fun. It's that simple. Occasionally, the button for the sports, or the TSS boards, that is, I apologize, is in the center. I mean, it is there all the time, pretty much in the center. If you scroll down a little bit, TSS boards, you can't miss it either way. We've got great podcasts on this station or website or whatever you call it. So please interact with all of us, and I'm sure more shows are on the way. I've heard some talk about some New York Shows. I've also tried to recruit a guy from New York out there if you're listening. The Pedigree. Yes, I am talking to you, Mr. Pedigree, out there. As, uh, we'd, we'd love to have you if you're listening. So, possibly some Yankee talk. Anyhow, let's get back into the show. Now, Paladino Live also has a YouTube. It is found at youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe youtube.com forward slash paladin joe so it's not actually paladino live on the site As that the event originally i apologize i'm not talking good for some reason originally i could not uh, i wasn't really planning on turning the page into paladino live but it just became that way because i wanted to do something being there was no podcast yet at the time but anyhow, let's get this show started. We will return to talk a little Minnesota Wild Hockey. And we are back here on Paladino Live. It is time to talk a little hockey. It is time to talk about the first-place Minnesota Wild, the hopeful, hopefully division champion Minnesota Wild of this Northwest Division. Uh, With the inconsistency of this team during the course of this season, to think that we're going to win a division, well, maybe win the division, is pretty crazy. Now, there's virtually no chance we will... Well, there is no chance that we will have as many points as we did last year. You know, that's pretty funny, but um, as... Vancouver had an awesome season last year, and we were just were unable to catch them. Um, yeah, I believe the Minnesota Wild had 104 points last year. Amazing. When we lost record, and they were only the seventh seed. So that just tells you how competitive the Western Conference is in the National Hockey League. As uh, The NBA's Western Conference isn't the only ultra-competitive uh, <laughs> deal. It's also the same thing in the NHL. And of course, the Wolves and the Wild are in both of them. Terrific. Not that the Wolves are in playoff contention, but if they were, they'd probably be out of it. <laughs> You know, (laughs) because yeah, if they're only like ten games of a five hundred, gee, you're probably not going to make it. You know, so as it looks like, yeah, anyhow, looks like the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets, one of those two are going to get screwed. But yeah, we're not talking about them just yet. Just had to throw that in there, the comparison. It is time to get into the wild, and I do remember how I had to uh, leave another game into. The, into the next show, and that last game was against the Edmonton Oilers. That game was on Monday, the 24th of March, and yes, that was a 3-5 to five loss to the Edmonton Oilers. And as that box score is popping up, the Minnesota Wild lose... A disappointing game to the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, the Edmonton Oilers, by the way, continue to make a surge towards a possible playoff berth, at least a shot at it, as their record is pretty darn good. Um, in this game, the Wild take go down three to nothing right off the bat. Pretty much, it looks like only about five minutes into the period, the Wild just getting destroyed. I do remember this game. I'm just kind of my mind is kind of elsewhere on occasion. And uh, yeah, the Wild quickly down three to nothing. Virtually no fight from the Wild in this game at all. Nick Schultz scores his second goal of the year. It just shows you how many goals he's going to score. He gets some assists. He's got like 14 points or whatever. The assists by uh, Mark Parrish and James Shepard. So Shepard trying to creep his way back into the stat sheet a little bit, trying to get back into the box scores. Um, after that, though, Edmonton. Scores again early in the second period to go 4-1, followed by Sean Hill's first goal of the year, about five minutes into the period, assisted by Eric Belanger. Then Edmonton scores again. So it's like every time we think we're slowly trying to do something, well, not really. You know, it's just not working out. Uh, Andrew Cogliano, assisted by Sam Gagné and Robert Nilsson, just destroying (laughs) pretty much the wild, destroyed by Edmonton. Uh, they get a goal, number four of the season, by Todd Fedoric, assisted by Martin Skula and Sean Hill. So a couple of strange names on, that's, on that goal right there. Fedoric, Skula, and Hill, a couple of guys that you're never going to really hear much on the stat sheet. Um, but, yeah, just not a good game for the Wild at all. Dwayne Roloson excellent for the Edmonton Oilers. He stopped 31 shots. Not too bad. You know, not the greatest game of all time because he did give up three goals. But Nicholas Backstrom putrid. He started the game, faced 10 shots, and made seven saves. Spectacular. Followed by Josh Harding, who faced 23 shots and gave up, or uh, saved 21 of them. So, neither goalie is particularly great in this game at all. Gabrick not scoring, amassing two shots on goal. Yeah, you know, it was just the kind of game the Wild needed to win and did not. So... That is the story of that game. The good news is that after this game, the Wild, definitely start playing some good hockey. Some really good hockey, in fact, as they win the next three games. Now, we play the Edmonton Oilers again here in the XL Energy Center, Wednesday the 26th, a week ago from today, Wednesday the 26th of March. And the Wild win this game 3 2 1. Ranko, uh, Ranko Radiovic, that guy is a tongue twister, in the box score again. His name's showing up again. So he's getting, he's really helping this team out. Scoring a seventh goal of the year. Assisted by two, my two favorite players on the team, Marianne Gabrick and Miko Kuevu, two guys absolutely necessary to help this team get to where they need to get, and that is a division championship and beyond. Sean Hill again showing up in the box score. As uh, he's picked up a decent amount of points the last couple of weeks, ever since Jacques Lemaire, as I said on the previous show, called him out. Jacques Lemaire saying, we need more out of Sean Hill, and, well, it seems like he's been showing up about once a game, one way or another, an assist or something. Uh, Koivu getting another assist, and Radiovich again. Rad DeVuch, well, however, I'm never going to get his name right. I'll just call him Radio. as they that's, their, that's what they call him anyway. That's his nickname. Scores again, or gets an assist again. So two points for him. Brian Ralston puts the Wild up 3-0 to nothing with his 29th goal of the year. Koivu, another assist. So, yeah, Miko Koivu, absolutely, absolutely the MVP of this team again. Yeah. Gabrick is like the MVP, at least in terms of, He's electro- electrifying scoring, but Koivu is the overall most valuable player on this team, and a lot of Wild fans would agree with that comment, and a lot of Wild fans have made that comment. You know, it's like we all kind of agree on that one. He was the top star of the game with three assists, definitely helping out my fantasy hockey team, winning a championship right now as we are about two days away from... Officially clinching a championship, my second in three years. That would be really nice. Anyhow, now uh, Edmonton gets a goal to save face, uh, but they just couldn't get it, anything going ultimately against this suddenly improving Wild team. Um, I mean, they outshot the Wild big time, but they just <laughs> didn't have action. was just too much for them on this night. Uh, Edmonton's only goal was scored by Pisani, his 13th, unassisted. Only 4:40 into the third period, so Edmonton obviously had plenty of time to do something, but it just didn't. The Wild just uh, got it done, baby. So huge win for the Wild as they return to first place because of this win. Absolutely big as we're in a dogfight with the Colorado Avalanche and Calgary Flames. It's two teams I just passionately dislike very much. Could even use the H word, hate, which I used strongly last week about the Flames. As, uh, it's not a very popular word to use, but whatever. Ultimately, great win for the Wild, and the three stars were all Wild players in this game: Miko Koivu, Nicholas Backstrom, and Radovich. So that is how it goes. And now we are going to go to the next game, which was the game of the week, and boy was it ever! The Vancouver Canucks come to Excel Energy Center and get their butts kicked. The Wild win four to zero, and boy does it feel good to say. The other team got their butts kicked instead of us, you know, especially in a game that needs to be won. Four to zero, obviously, <laughs> the top three players in this game, all wild. Koivu, Backstrom, and Hill were the three stars in that order. Pierre-Marc Bouchard scoring the first goal is 13th of the game, assisted by Benoit Puglia and Miku Koivu. Miko Koivu again, yes, the MVP Miko Koivu again, scoring or at least getting a point getting two points in this game. That is the assist there. He scores. The next goal of the game is 11th, assisted by Brian Ralston. And, yes, heard this name before, Sean Hill. Again, showing up in the box score. Sean Hill has been valuable for this team. as Not only has he a tough, strong defense, and he's starting to actually do a little bit of offense. So that's a big bonus. Brent Burns, a guy who's becoming a wonderful player. just uh, He's becoming an all-star. He's very close to being an all-star defense and 15th. Goal of the year, that is a wild record, not only for goals but for points, as I believe that is his 42nd point of the year, assisted by the superstar Marion Gabrick and Pavel Dimitra. And then Todd Fedoric, the tough guy, showing up again with his fifth goal, assisted again by Gabrick. And then Keith Carney, with a rare appearance in the box score. But overall, wild phenomenal, Nicholas Backstrom. Gets a shutout, his third of the season. And, yes, Nicholas Backstrom is on my fantasy team as well. I, Sorry, I just had to mention that. And he has really been big for me the last couple of weeks as uh, my run to the title. It's been fun. But, boy, this game, pen- penalty-filled. Absolutely penalty-filled. That's why it's the game of the week in so many ways. Bougard getting in a fight, five-minute penalty. Uh, Bouchard, 10 minutes for Bouchard. So Bouchard really getting a scuffle. Brent Burns, though, the king, 19 penalty minutes in this game. That You know, that's insane. Fedoric really getting involved the 12 penalty minutes. Just fight, 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 fight. These teams obviously not big fans of each other. It's, uh, they are arch rivals, even though some of the most hated members of the Vancouver Canucks are gone, like uh, Bertuzzi and Matt Cook. Um, Matt Cook might still be there. I'm, just, I'm not seeing his name in there right now. Um, Obviously Vancouver just the kind of team you know the team that's really been the arch rail for this for the wild pretty much since day one. it's just they've always kind of had these kind of games and uh, Vancouver getting frustrated apparently <laughs> with the way the game was going and uh, that's just such as life go wild baby as they hang on to first there and uh, the next game was against the Colorado Avalanche Sunday. The final game of March for the Wild, Sunday the 30th. A 3 2 win against the Colorado Avalanche and this game was as big as it gets. As it was, the Wild and Colorado pretty much neck and neck here for the division, and the Wild beat them head to head, baby. And uh, <laughs> absolutely huge. The three stars of the game were Brian Ralston, Marion Gabrick, and Kim Janssen. Now, why all three Wild players were the three stars, I don't know, but that's just how. They record it, even though it was a close game that went to overtime. However, the Wild do score the first two goals of the game. Ralston, his 30th. Kim Janssen and Miku Koevo assisting. Marion Gabryk, number 39. That is an all-time record for him and for the Wild right there as he passed his old record of 38, which was set in 2005-2006. That was a fun season. I remember that. Marion Gabryk showing just some great moves a few years ago, more than than he did last year. Gabrick just phenomenal this year. Great job, especially that five-goal game. Which man, I wish I could have. I wish I was podcasting back then. I would have gone on and on and on about that. But yeah, 39th goal assisted by Brent Burns, baby. Brent Burns, back in it again. Brian Ralston again, getting his second point of the game. He was obviously the player of the game. Ralston, Gabrick though, yeah, with it. He ultimately got two goals. I'll get to that in a second because uh, Colorado. Ties it up with two goals in the second period. Pretty much players that I haven't really heard of much. Jeff Finger and Ru- and Ruslan Salay scoring for Colorado. The only name really familiar in those in this box score is Joe Sackick, obviously a super duper star for Colorado. As uh yeah, not really big names for Colorado getting it done in this game. Peter Forsberg not doing much for the Colorado Avalanche. Not really as uh, he's, he's he's out with injury already. It didn't really take long. Um, that's what happens when you're, you know, that's what happens when you sit out half the year because you don't want to deal with training camp or whatever. Uh, yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt. I take that back. He was hurt most of the year and was con- almost going to retire. In fact, he did say he was going to retire eh, about a week before. He said, oh, never mind, and then signed with the Avalanche out of the blue. Um, not many shots in this game. The Wild only... Amassed 20 shots, but score on three of them. The Avalanche only amassed 26 and scored two of them. So, there you go. But, yeah, the play of the night, the game-winning goal, three minutes and ten seconds into the overtime period, was number 40 by Marion Gabrick. The first Wild to get 40 points. Congratulations, Marion Gabrick, as uh, he also the first Wild player to get 80 points in a season. So, I'm not sure if that was the 80th right there I think it was the pre the the game after this I'm not 100% sure I'll give it a look um but that was a big play by Marion Gabrick and it really helped this team in a big way Demetra his best bud with the assist and the wild in a great standing heading into April as it is playoff time and uh Actually, that was the last game played by the Wild over the week. So, yeah, that was Gabrick's 80th point. My bad. And um, as I was getting into, the Minnesota Wild, of course, up by just two points. And the Wild have played 80 games. The Colorado Avalanche have played 81. So that's really good news. So Colorado can only tie the Wild. So they have to win, obviously, and have 95 points. That would only tie the Wild. So there's only one team left that can beat us division championship that is the calgary flames who have only 92 have 92 points they're only one point less than colorado they if they win both games they would finish with 96 that is if we lose to them which would suck major but and if calgary wins their other game then they would beat us and say we lose both for final two games with the wild on the verge of a division championship and uh Let's hope to God that happens. That game is tomorrow. Unfortunately, I will be at work, and I will not get to see it, which totally sucks. That is not the game of the week. That is the game of the year. Yeah, that is the game of the year for the Minnesota Wild right there. Beat the Flames. Beat the hated Calgary Flames, a team that I used to love but do not love at all anymore. They are they are potentially becoming the arch rival for this team, the Wild. Uh, We'll see what happens though Calgary obviously made it to the Stanley Cup Finals a few years ago The Wild did not So during, during their magical run They did not go So Calgary has a little up on us In terms of postseason success Obviously they won the Stanley Cup in 1989 With uh, a lot of great players on that team And um, Of course those players Two of those great players being Doug Gilmore And Al McGinnis, just one of the greatest defensemen of all time. But with that, I'm going to close on the Minnesota Wild and obviously hope and pray for the best. Go wild. Get this division championship. I'm not a homer, but, man, when when you're on the verge of winning a championship, it's hard not to go go wild and get a little rah-rah-ree about it. So after this, it is time to switch over to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But before that, before that, I am going to address the questions because otherwise I'm going to forget again and I'm going to look like a total fool, and that's not going to happen. Now, first of all, Dylan, I want to thank you very much for putting me up here like this, for putting me on the Anything Goes page. There is a Paladino Live questionnaire in our question board, whatever, on Anything Goes. So the sportsstuff.com listeners that... Uh, have a have a screen name on the message boards. Please check me out on there. Please, uh, well, not check me out, but please ask me some questions. You know, you'll get you get obviously mentioned on the air, and uh, and you know I'll be able to interact with you via radio, whereas I can read your questions and we can have a little conversation. We can interact. You can you can cut me down, whatever. I hope you don't, but if you do, that's that's your that's your deal. You know, I'm not that big of a wuss. Now, yeah, as I said, Dylan, thanks again for having me up here. That is awesome. I really appreciate it that you'd uh, put my show in that page to have a Paladino Live board. That is the bomb. Now, the first thing on here, the first post on here, you know, Dylan Richardson makes the statement, you got questions? Well, Joey has the answers. Ask them here, and he will respond to them on the show. And, yes, that is exactly what's going to happen. Now, the first question was by Dylan Richardson our boss, the administrator, the man, the man who gave me this position. Now, his question is, or his comment, Joey, where do you see the Vikings finishing next season? Do you think their offseason combined with of the full year of Adrian Peterson starting can push this team to the top, or will they be a big flop? Well, I don't think they're going to be a big flop for one. Now, I don't think they're going to be a great team either. I'm just not ready to say that at all. There is no way in hell they're a great team. Tavares Jackson is completely unproven. Um, Adrian Peterson is an absolute superstar. And uh, for you fantasy footballers out there, Adrian Peterson is a very, you know, legitimate number one overall pick. Type of guy, he absolutely is Um, I would think he's going to be a top 5 Fantasy player, now that's Obviously saying that Not only is he going to be amazing and awesome But he's going to be healthy Yeah, uh, Or at least healthy enough Like that when he is playing maybe 13 to to 16 games that he will Be absolutely awesome And that he is ready to be a full time Starter, Uh, yes he is Definitely Uh, Obviously he's going to lose some carries too Tesser Taylor, we know that. Um, but, anyhow, now the offseason part, now Bernard Berrien absolutely adds another dimension that this team did not have last year, despite the fact that Sidney Rice was excellent. He only had 400 yards, Sidney Rice, last year, because he's very raw. Jackson is very raw. And um, that's just how it goes. Now, really... Bernard Berrien is the only upgrade. Now, he's a huge upgrade. But the rest of them are pretty much replacements. As uh, Thomas DePay, the former gopher fullback, replaced Tony Richardson, the former Viking fullback. Now, Richardson, though a phenomenal fullback, was was getting very old. And uh, was and is getting very old. And good luck to him with the New York Jets, by the way. Uh, And he was, it seemed like he was hurt all the time. So... That's where it could be an upgrade is if Toupe is ready to go and ready to be a consistent player for this team, stay healthy. He did stay healthy last year, all 16 games, I believe the year before, if I remember the stats correctly. And um, so that could be an upgrade, no guarantee. Uh, You know, we lost Meweldy Moore and replaced him with with Hicks from uh, the San Francisco 49ers. That's a push. I really don't know much about Hicks. Uh, you know, know he, he, I looked at his numbers, they weren't really anything spectacular. They were solid. And Moel Moore, nothing spectacular, but solid. So the offseason, now the one offseason thing that has not happened yet, but could make a nice addition. I mean, it's nothing that's going to blow anybody out of the water. In fact, some people on KFN, Doogie Wolfson, Darren Doogie Wolfson, for those of you out there that may listen to KFN, uh, was not happy about the idea of the Vikings, coming extremely close to signing Gus Furott, quarterback Gus Ferrat. Now, to me, I think it would be a very good move because Gus Ferrat really helped Dante Culpepper. Just him being here and his steady, you know, his steadiness made Culpepper play better. Now, I I don't know exactly if he really is a great like kind of like a leader behind the scenes for a, for a young quarterback, but you know, the the results would say so. As it seemed right after Farrat got here, Culpepper was great. And right after Farrat left, he sucked. And before Farrat got here, Culpepper sucked. So something's up. You know, Tavares Jackson is not Dante Culpepper, but he's in a similar position. He's he's kind of a young, un, unsure quarterback at this point, very raw. So we'll see. And now on to the next comment. It is by Farzine. One of the other great reasons why I'm on here. Farzine is actually the, the guy who referred me. To thesportschef.com, and he's you know great guy. I hope you guys out there listen to his both of his shows, the Kansas City uh, Chiefs show or Casey. Well, there's the KC Boom show. Where he talks everything KC, and also the Chiefs End Zone show, which is pretty popular. When I saw his rating on um, iTunes, so uh, definitely check him out. His comment at the moment: Who do you want to draft, both Vikings and T-Wolves? Well, that's kind of tough, as I, I'm not really. Checked into the, the NFL draft, I have to admit, because my schedule really stinks. But, um, really, for the Vikings, you got to hope and pray for a defensive end, if possible. Um, uh, and and uh, offensive tackle wouldn't hurt at all. We need more offensive line depth or, like, another starter, because Brian McKinney is too inconsistent. He's constantly in trouble with the law. Like, one thing after another, I just... He has been a very big disappointment for a seventh overall pick, and for somebody his size, the guy is a behemoth. You know, he's a physical specimen, man, and just he has been a complete bust. I think, like not a complete bust. I, I I take that back, but he's been very close. You know, he's just he's just a slightly above average player, and with a guy of his physical talent, you would think would be one of the absolute stars, Lineman, you know, offensive lineman in the league, but he's not, and I don't think he's going to be ever because he would be by now. But uh, as for the Timberwolves, well, Beasley is the easiest choice, and um, the center from from North Carolina would be another choice, obviously. Uh, really, though, for the Wolves, I want an uh, excuse me, I want a dynamic point guard for this team. And, of course, a dynamic point guard, like big-time point guard to me, would be obviously Derrick Rose of Memphis, who's only 19. Yes, Derrick Rose is would be my overall top choice in terms of making the Timberwolves better. Now, the best player in college basketball, of course, is Michael Beasley. He's a power forward. He'd be a nice complementary player for uh, Al Jefferson. Now, does that mean Al Jefferson becomes a permanent starter at center? or Ryan Gomes and Craig Smith, one of those two is going to be like completely out of the picture, Well, whereas the other one will probably not hardly get much playing time. I mean, yeah, no one's going to die if uh, Ryan Gomes and, and or Craig Smith aren't here and the other doesn't play much, but
1: um,
0: I don't know. Do you really want Al Jefferson to be the permanent uh, center at the same time? I wouldn't, you know, nobody's going to die with that either, but I'm not quite sure if that's where I want to go in my opinion. Uh, Derrick Rose, though, absolutely. You know, six three, two hundred five, 205, a big, talented player. You know, could be like a Chris Paul type player for us. You know, uh, ESPN compares him to Deron Williams. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be pretty nice. Now, that means, at the same time, you know, how you'd be overstocked in the power forward position if you take Beasley. Beasley, Beasley. Uh, you'd be overstocked in the guard area if you took Rose because uh, Randy Foy, would have to switch from point guard to shooting guard, or or would have to be traded. Him or McCants would have to be traded, in my opinion. Now, um, because you can't – I mean, you, one of them has to play, obviously. has. Um, but McCants so far has is, uh, reluctantly accepted the uh, six-man role, and uh, we could go that way. I guess a Derrick Rose, Randy Foy with McCants off the bench. Uh, do you run into – playing time issues with some of the other players like Corey Brewer and stuff? Maybe, maybe not. It could be worse. Uh, Foy constantly talks about how he's better uh, at point guard, you know, because he calls that his natural position. But he doesn't, I don't know, when you look at his numbers, he's not really a natural point guard. You know, is he really? I mean, I, you know, you look at the stat lines, you see like every day you get four assists and three turnovers. You know, whatever. That's not, that's not natural point guard. You get Derek Rose. Well, what is the comment on ESPN? The best pure
1: point guard in the draft. Yeah, okay. I think I'll. I think I'd be a lot happier with that personally. Now, is Foy a bust? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's working on it. <laughs> he's he's got a lot of talent, and uh, obviously,
0: well, in the summer he looked like he was ready to just come out and tear the league up. He looked like he was going to about to become a, a great player. Like him and Jefferson are going to make this nice duo. We'll see. It's not over yet. Because that that knee thing, you know, him pretty much having to sit down and do nothing for a couple months, like three months, was not healthy at all for his development. But as a whole, Randy Foy is a gets a big fat I incomplete for his grade. I'm not going to give him an F, but I'm sure as hell I'm not going to give him an A or a B because uh, he gets an I incomplete I. So to answer your question, Farzine, my top choice. For improving this team and making this team, the Timberwolves, great or potentially great. Like giving them a future and also, also making them entertaining is to get a dynamic point guard. And that guy is Derrick Rose. And obviously you need to get one of the top three picks to get him or so. Um, That is just as simple as that. Now, there was one last question. It was from Rusty. And... Rusty is also an administrator. And is also a good friend here on thesportstuff.com He hosts the crossover with P Mac. He is the New Jersey Nets side of the show as they cover the New Jersey Nets and the New York Knicks. Who, yeah, New York Knicks again hiring, <laughs> hiring Donny Walls. Good job, New York. Finally putting your foot down. as uh, Isaiah Thomas on his way out? With all you know, likelihood on his way out. That would be a Phenomenal move by the New York Knicks. And, um, yeah, anybody's better than Isaiah. They need to get bumper stickers for everybody in New York, you know, for that. But anyhow, I better stop wandering. And Rusty, Rusty, who is a cool guy, now, <laughs> his comment or his question was, now that Gerald Green has been waived by the Rockets, would you like to see him back in a Wolves jersey? Well, you know what? Yes, I would, Rusty. Yes, I would. I think Gerald Green has a chance to be something. I mean, I doubt he's going to come back. I think he's – I think he was pissed off here with the fact that he has playing time went from – he was like a fourth or fifth guy in Boston. You know, he was a sixth man early on and then was like a fourth or fifth guy or so with the Boston Celtics last year. He was starting for like the end of the year, and he was playing pretty good. You I know, mean, he was really carrying some momentum into this next year. To go from that to being, like, the 12th guy, pretty much, yeah, that pissed him off. You know, and, and I don't blame him. If it were me, I'd be pretty pissed off, too. And the Wolves did not really show much confidence in him. Now, yeah, Gerald Green makes mistakes. And, um, you know, his, quote-unquote, basketball IQ, one of those overused terms, you know, which, uh, well, it's I guess it's not as overused as he is a great motor. You know, that is something I'm just sick of hearing. But, um. His overall basketball IQ, not so great, but he made some smart plays. He, he's made some nice passes, and his athleticism is unmistakable. There's no doubt about it. Charles Barkley made a comment, though, that Gerald Green needs to, like, <laughs> has too much time on his hands when his uh, slam dunk was uh, jumping up really high and blowing out a candle and a cupcake for his dunk in the dunk contest.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Gerald Green does
0: have a little too much time on his hands if he's a little too worried about making some weird – Wacky uh, slam dunk thing, you know, some some drama or whatever that you need to script out for five years. Now, yeah, if Gerald Green can just kind of get down to the basics, get down into basketball, the guy's got some serious talent. He can hit the three-point shot, which is evident. He's got some very serious quickness. His defense, his defense kind of sucks, but um, he does have the ability to get up and block shots. When he wants to and uh, Gerald Green needs to Want to immediately because he is A free agent right now And that is not what you want to be three years Into your three years after being Drafted in the first round as being a free agent That is bad news really bad news Yes <laughs> So Gerald Green You'd better be out there doing everything you can To get better
1: uh, So yes to answer your question Rusty, I would like to have him back on the Minnesota Timberwolves Gerald Green But I don't see it happening I just don't I don't think
0: Gerald Green wants to come back Because of what happened And um, Kevin McHale did make a comment You know that kind of leaves the door open a teeny tiny bit Saying that You know maybe I did make a mistake We'll find out in three years Get back to me uh, Yeah he, he may have made a mistake May, may not have Like the Rockets did waive him So Something's up with that because that was its hometown. They just gave up on him right away. So really hard to say what's going to happen with Gerald Green. I will be monitoring him closely because
1: it was an interesting move
0: at the Wolf, how the Wolves did that, you know, with with Gerald Green, how they handled him. I wasn't too happy about it, frankly. So, yeah, I hope that answered everybody's questions. Um, please out there, those of you out there on the thesportstuff.com, please send me more questions on there. Go to the Anything Goes page. And let's talk some NBA, some NHL, some NFL, and even some Minnesota Twins baseball, as they have an entertaining group of players. Uh, they're one and two, of course. So I just watched them lose one to nothing to the California Angels. But yeah, anyhow, it is time for a little hoops talk, and we will be back very shortly. <laughs> And we are back, and it is time to do some conversation about the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and some NBA talk in general. Uh, or at least there was some NBA talk already. But to opening things out, it is uh, there is an article on Yahoo, as of March 31st, whatever, uh, rumor Telfair may be done for the season with ankle injury. So that's definitely a shame, as, yeah, that ankle thing is – taken a lot longer than than I once expected. So, yeah, that could be it for Telfair. I am almost certain that will not be his last game with the Timberwolves, but it's possible. He is a restricted free agent, and um, I don't expect anybody to give him a ridiculous offer, but, hey, in this league anything can happen. As we saw what happened with Marcus Banks and the Phoenix Suns a few years ago, that pissed me off, and I pissed a lot of people off. But that's just the way it goes. And now as we get into actual Wolves talk, now we left off with that great win over the New York Knicks last Saturday, the 22nd, or, well, Saturday before last, whatever. Uh, now, last Wednesday, a week from a week ago from today, we played at Houston and lost, of course. I mean, I don't think we're going to beat Houston just because. We've not beaten them really all year. And uh, that, that final score was 97-86 in Houston, And Really this The kind of game I didn't expect the Wolves to win I was able to watch the whole game Um, Al Jefferson again at center Had 21 points 5 blocks, 10 rebounds He played pretty good in this game Though he did shoot only 9 of 21 So field goal percentage not so hot But uh, very solid This guy continues to improve He also got 2 steals So his defense looking pretty good He didn't turn the ball over once That's really good considering the Wolves a couple of Wolves starters did really bad in that category, including Randy Foy. <clears throat> Randy Foy, Mr. Turnover, less assists than turnovers, again, at the guard position. Four assists, five turnovers, only five points, two steals, two of eight from the floor, one of three from three-point range, did not get to the free throw line at all. Oh, boy, yeah. Derek Rose, anyone? Derek Rose? Yeah, I think Derek Rose would be pretty good right now on the Wolves hmm Yeah, I think that's... It's just It's just starting to say it all, despite... I know everybody's going to say Foy is rusty. Sure he is, you know, but so was McCann's last year, and McCann's isn't turning anybody's head this year, so it's just how it goes. Now, Jaric had six assists in this game. That's not too bad. He only shot the ball four times and made one basket. It was a three-pointer, and that was it. Three points, Jaric. One block, though, and two steals, so... Yeah, kind of filling a role, though. Played thirty-five minutes in this game. Okay, I don't see why. Uh, <laughs> those those numbers do not tell you he really needs to be on the floor that much. He's just he's a backup. Ryan Gomes and Kirk Snyder again, the two solid forwards who I've been very happy with, very happy with on this team for the times that they have started together. Gomes seventeen points, nine rebounds, excellent in this game. Two of three from three-point range. And six of thirteen from the floor, so not bad at all for Ryan Gomes. Um, unfortunately, now Kirk Snyder had twelve points, six assists, and six rebounds. That's some sweet numbers there for a guy who was dead, pretty much left for dead on the Houston Rockets bench. But he did get six turnovers. So, um, though the five of seven from the floor, Kirk Snyder just he put he puts the ball in the basket. He re- he really does. And uh, yeah, I. Again, I'm going to say, I think the Wolves are going to keep him. And I would keep them if I were him. I think he's better than Trenton Hassel. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think Kirk Snyder is better than Trenton Hassel. Absolutely. And uh, he's younger, and he's more athletic, and he's more powerful. So, yeah, he is better than Trenton Hassel, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I'm going to give him a pass on the six turnovers, even though it's a really ugly stat. Just because, you know, five of seven from the floor and six assists... When he's not, a, he's not exactly a point guard. Randy Foy, him, or at least he says he's a point guard. Um, Rashad McCants off the bench, a bloated 16 points. He did get two steals and five rebounds though, so that's good. But yeah, the 16 points came from six of 15 from the floor, so that's not too great. That's under 40 percent. Two of three but three point range though, not too bad. But overall, the Wolves. Not so great in this game Not Really not so great at all Tracy McGrady again Kicking the Wolves butts Though he did shoot the ball 25 times And uh, only made 9 of his shot, of those 25 shots 23 points 9 assists and 11 rebounds however So a nice line For Tracy McGrady He had the top plus minus of the game He was plus 14 um, Really the rest of the Rockets Not ultra impressive Well Scola, or Scola was very impressive though power forward of the Rockets, a guy you know who's just came in out of nowhere, really, since uh, some point during the season, midpoint of the year or so, 18 points, 18 rebounds, and three steals for Scola. That's pretty dang good. Matumbo was honored at halftime for his humanitarianism, and uh, yeah, good job, Dikembe Matumbo. And uh, there's talk about him possibly returning for yet another year. I believe he's 41 years old, good old DeCambre. Still a solid player with four points and eight rebounds. His two assists. No blocks, though, so none of his little no, 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 no finger routine that he does. They used to piss people off. Um, But other than that, just Rockets, better team, beat the Wolves on the road. So in Houston. So such is life. And let's quickly get on to the next game. And this is the shock of the millennium. The Wolves lose in San Antonio. Boy, now who was now who didn't see that coming? They lose ninety nine to eighty four. A game not quite as bad as you'd think, as uh, the Wolves sticking in it for a while. Well, kinda. <laughs> they were up seventeen to fourteen at the first period. However, the second period was um, thirty five to seventeen in favor of San Antonio. Then the Wolves come roaring back at the twenty eight to 19 third period. Not bad at all. Not only to get creamed in the fourth quarter. 31 to 22 but yeah Jefferson seven of 20 from the floor pretty crappy game for him though he did get two blocks his numbers 14 points a so rebound so Jefferson uh you know he's okay he was okay in this night not the greatest ever yarish very solid very solid 38 minutes probably too many for him but 407 from the floor made a three-pointer he got seven assists to only two turnovers so not too bad three steals three steals yeah And a block, 11 points for Yarich. Randy Foy, oh, yeah, yeah, minus 13. He was a minus 13 in this game. Hmm, that's not too good. Um, Four of 12 from the floor. Randy Foy, five assists, three turnovers, 11 points, so at least he got some points. But four of 12, man, that's ah, so frustrating. I really hope that Randy Foy is going to be better next year. I really do. I think he has a lot more to offer. But uh, that's yet to be proven. It really is. As last year, he pretty much had the same stats. You know, he was more exciting last year, though. And, um, but his stats pretty similar to last year. So we'll see. Ryan Gumbs, again, excellent. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. So those are pretty much the main numbers of him. He shot about 50%, made 2 of 3 from 3-point three range. So he's bringing the 3-point shot back a bit, again, as it kind of died off for a little while. Dome's valuable in the game, a part of the Wolves' runs. Kirk Snyder started, but only played 22 minutes on this game. 3 of 7, though, so below 50%, but barely. 6 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. So, yeah, Snyder kind of getting a little bit off the floor a little bit. Unfortunately, McCants, though, played starter minutes in this game. 37 and a half minutes with 13 points, but 5 of 12 from the floor. So, um, it looks like he pretty much... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like he was like a Randy Foy replacement. Like he got they kind of switched up their amount of minutes Foy into uh, McCants, but they both played similar basketball. Craig Smith popping up in the stat sheet again, thankfully. Only played 15 and a half minutes, so his minutes are dwindling, dwindling big time. Um, the stat though that really sucks shows showing his defense was no good. He was a minus 23 from the floor, and only one player was worse in this game, and that was Corey Brewer. He made, he shot one, he shot one and made one shot from the floor. One of one. He was a minus 25. Oh, boy. Two points, two turnovers, one assist, one rebound. Woohoo! Good job, Corey. Yeah, not so great at all. Man alive. denobly again, the Wolves killer once again. Five of eight from three-point range. Uh, he's shooting about 70%, and I'm not exaggerating, folks, against the Wolves from three-point range. Oh, my God. Manor Ginobili is just, you know, I can't. (laughs) He drives me insane. It's a good thing the Wolves aren't in a playoff hunt because you could just hear me screaming and breaking stuff every time Ginobili touches the freaking ball as he has just been an absolute killer. Every time the Wolves look like they're playing good. For some reason, the Wolves have had some competitive moments against this Spurs team for some strange reason, but Ginobili is always the one to pretty much say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going anywhere, guys. You think you're so great? Coof. Here's my 19-3 out of, like, 21 21 this year, for cripe's sake. So, um, yeah, Ginobili flat amazing again with 26 points, uh, 8 of 11 from the floor. Yeah, just a killer Duncan 12 points, 14 rebounds, nothing great at all. Two blocks, but 4 of 13. Tony Parker, another Wolves killer and another just good player. 7 of 13 from the floor. Yeah, 18 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, so... Yeah, Finley, solid a solid starter with bench kind of minutes, 7 of 8. Pretty much made almost every shot. I love Michael Finley, by the way, 16 points. Michael Finley, just awesome. And uh, he's always been a wolf killer as well. While We're getting way, 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 way back with the Mavericks and Phoenix Suns and such. as uh, Finley, just love him. And now we fast forward to the game of the week, Sunday the 30th. As this was a great day for Minnesota Sports. Obviously the Wild beating Colorado on this day as well. Great day for Minnesota Sports. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Utah Jazz one ten to one hundred three.
1: Mm-hmm. Not sure too many people saw that one coming. Yarich, Marco Yarich, with forty minutes in this game? Why? 4 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 5 of the three-point range. He was a plus-8, however, with three steals. He had 10 points and five assists, so he did something right. You know, he did a good job. Um, yeah, he, you know, he looked like he pestered Deron Williams a little bit in this game. Only 5 of 15 for Duran, though he did get 15 points and 13 assists. Uh, except, yeah, the Jazz lost the game, so that's what matters most. Randy Foy, 4 of 5 from the floor, not too bad. He did get five assists and three turnovers. Still getting turn, turnovers, man. Randy Foy struggling again in that area. Nine points in the game. Uh, Jefferson, very good, but not amazing. Um, 22 points, eight rebounds, three blocks. So, yeah, Jefferson is really picking up the blocks of late. He has been playing some great ball in that area. You know, eight and nine from the free throw line. That's good news. 7 of 18 overall. Ryan Gomes, again, very solid at the power forward spot. 17 points, 4 rebounds. Though he did have 4 turnovers in the game, so that wasn't so great. But here was the, the,
0: you know, a bit of a storyline for the night. Corey Brewer returns to the starting lineup ahead of uh, Kirk Snyder. Because, you know, Kirk Snyder's numbers dwindling a teeny tiny bit. Nothing bad, but... Corey Brewer putting up Kirk Snyder type you know numbers in terms of field goal percentage, seven of ten for Corey Brewer. That's got to be about that's got to be his career high. Seven of ten, excellent. Made both of his free throws. Sixteen points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. Uh, I hope that that is what is to come into the years, you know, the coming years, including next year for Corey Brewer. Hopefully something is on the way. He did only play 26 minutes and got all those nice numbers. So, yeah, when Brewer plays well, he plays real well. And let's hope to God that is a glimpse of what is to come. Kirk Snyder playing a little sixth or seventh man, and he had the top plus-minus rating of the entire game. He was a plus-12 with 10 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal. Excellent job. 3 of 6, you know, another 5 or 50% from the floor. And McCann's shooting over 50%. Not bad. 24 minutes on the game. Six of 10. Yep. Pretty good. 16 points for McCants. So, yeah, really the story of the game, though, was Brewer. And um, with how he returns to the lineup and is very solid, did a very good job on the Utah Jazz forwards. C.J. Miles, one of them, and Harping and others. Harp Ring and others. Corver. Corver, only two of six in the game, 0 of three for three point range. So, Grover pretty much shut down. That's good news. uh, He's one of those dangerous players on this Jazz team and a big reason why they have improved so much. But with that, that will conclude the uh, overall Wolves coverage for the week. So um, there was a Wolves game against Detroit on Tuesday, but I'm going to save that for my next show. Um, As uh, I don't want to have almost no games for next show. As, uh, again... Not too bad week for the Wolves. Nothing amazing, but not bad. And um, really, this has been a fun show, and I had to absolutely make sure to get this show in, otherwise, there'd be no show this week. Because it's late at night. It's like, you know, it's late in the evening here on Wednesday night, uh, April 2nd, of course, 2008. Um, I really want all of you out there that are listening and that enjoy this show, because I know there are those of you out there that really do like Paladino Live and like my work, and I really would appreciate it if. You could please spread the word about this show. Tell your friends about the show. Get them in to listen. I'd really appreciate it, as I need more listeners, and the SportsStuff.com needs more listeners as well as a whole. There is no doubt about it. We are a group of podcasters on the rise, and we can't get there without you. So we need more listeners. We need support. We need your help. Please tell others about the show, spread the word if you can, and uh, really all of us need to spread the word as well, as not all, you know, I've not even really done enough marketing, I need to do more, I need to absolutely do more, and I'm going to do what I can without being annoying, (laughs) without pestering people, just got to do what we can to get things going here, as I think a lot of us are better than we've gotten credit for to this point, in terms of, you know, listenership, we need more listeners, baby, so... With that, we're going to conclude episode number eight. It has been fun as always, and I hope you did enjoy the show. Please, please email me, paladino live at yahoo.com, paladino live at yahoo.com. Don't forget to add me on Yahoo Messenger. Paladino live is one word. Also, Paladino live is one word as well on AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. So please Add me. Let's have some conversation. So far, I pretty much just have podcasters on those Yahoo Messengers. I need some some of you listeners out there on, too. So it'd be great to get to know you. You know, as you're all out there, you're invisible to me right now. I'd like to get to know you guys. So please hit me up. Let's do some talking. Let's do some podcasting. And let's explode together, baby. I want all of you to have a great week. Take care. And we'll see you next week
1: for episode number nine.